Welcome to the Jesus Chronicles. Today I'm joined by Shimon Zimmer. Shimon, say hello. Hello. Hi. So good to be here, Sandy. Yeah. Good Shimon friend. is my friend from Israel, and he is a professional tour guide in Israel. Shimon, what kind of tours do you take or do in um, in Israel? So touring in Israel usually including two types of tours. Uh, we're talking about uh, Jewish families uh, coming to tour the land or for bar mitzvahs, uh, mm-hmm. you know, the Jewish uh, ceremony, uh, and Christians, and Christians from um, all denominations, uh, from Catholic to evangelicals, both uh, umbrellas. Mm-hmm. Um, this is the type of tours I'm doing for almost uh, 24 years. 24 years. And would you say most of your tours, private and also with churches, are from the U.S.? Um, most of them are from the States and Canada. Canada. Yeah. Uh, I would have said the, the majority of tours, yes, from and North America. How many tours a year do you do? So uh, basically, um, I'm working all the time, yeah. and it's very difficult to uh, to to give a, a quantity or a number because one tour can be three days, one tour can be three uh, three weeks. Yeah. Like so, um, the fact is, I'm working all the time. Yeah, well, that's good. So yep. you would say there's strong desire to visit Israel right now. Uh, well, besides times, which is a little bit more, I would have say, unrest, so all the time people coming to Israel. Mm-hmm. And when I'm talking about unrest, it's not uh, something that uh, the Palestinians are stoning in Gaza, something more severe, I would have said. And you were in Israel when, uh, yeah. I was. They've launched uh, missiles. In rockets 2014. Into, exactly. So since then, uh, we didn't have any, any pause, any break. Uh, in Christians or Jews to come to Israel. That's good. Oh. To me, it seems good that people are wanting to go there. Why do you think there's so much interest in visiting Israel? Uh, it's so interesting to understand that uh, this very, very small, tiny place, which New Jersey is bigger than Israel, and California is almost nine times uh, Israel. So um, Israel is a kind of a bridge between the north and the south, between the east and the South, mm-hmm. and each one wanted actually to dominate this, uh, this uh, type of strip, which is actually a bridge. Um, but let's don't forget that uh, we are talking about the uh, creation of uh, all the three religion mm-hmm. in this land. So each one is desired to come and to see his, uh, his religion in this, uh, this place. And we're talking about Judaism and Christianity and, and Islam. And of course uh, the Muslims. Yeah, the yeah. Muslims. Yeah. And uh, would you say that the majority of visitors are from one denomination or another, or just really a mix of... Well, people don't know so much, but uh, uh, the majority of tourism to Israel are Christians. Mm -hmm. I would have said even more than 70% are Christians. Uh, And among the Christians are coming, so the evangelicals, uh, Protestants, are the majority. The biggest majority. Absolutely. And what is that number a year, like 4 million? million? Uh, We're scratching the 3.5 million uh, people, yeah. That's a good good number. Well, tell us a little bit about Israel. You're from Israel? You're a native? I was uh, born and raised in Israel, yes. My parents came from Eastern Europe. My father came from uh, Lithuania, my mother Romania. And they immigrated there when? Well, they immigrated to Israel before the Second World War. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
who were, they were very young, you know, they were so uh, tempted by uh, the stories of this uh, land to, to, to leave Eastern Europe and to come to Israel and to pave the roads and to, to plant the orchards and uh, to uh, uh, drain the swamps. And so they came to this land, yeah, left the families be behind, lost the families in the Holocaust. Yes, that you were talking about that the other day. Tell us about what happened. It's your... Your father's family, right? Or, yes, your father's yes, family. Yes, my father's family was a very religious family. My my grandfather, Shimon, which my name is after him, he was um, like a rabbi with curly hair and long coat. And there were 16 brothers and sisters, and only my father um, left from this uh, family. That must have been just devastating. Yeah, well, of course, yeah. yes. Yeah. My mother have lost eight brothers and sisters oh and gosh. her parents, yeah. Wow. So so it's um, interesting to understand that my generation, we grew up, no one in my class uh, had grandma or grandpa. We, yeah. It's like you lost an entire connection there to oh, yeah. older people. Mm -hmm. Yes. Um, so they were there during the war and... Correct. Yeah. So they were there during yes. the war. And and they didn't know what happened in Europe, you know. Mm -hmm. My first brother was born 1941. Mm -hmm. They didn't know what happened in Europe. They named him with a beautiful Hebrew name. My second brother was born 1944 still. 1944, they didn't know what happened in, uh, uh, in Europe. My father told us that a story... That one of the the spring uh, springs day uh, in Tel Aviv, it's a beautiful uh, sunny day, and uh, people sitting in a coffee shop and dancing uh, vals uh, uh, in the street, you know, like a regular life. And suddenly, a woman, she she came running, and she began to yell, "How you're dancing? Don't you understand what's going on in Europe? All your brothers and sisters and your families being perished." And everybody looked at her like uh, crazy. Wow. And that was 1944, so they didn't know. When Why were they so isolated from? What's no internet on? and no, uh, yeah, it's not the same. Just communication and media is exactly, challenges. Yeah. So they did absolutely. They didn't know what happened. There. What happened to Israel it, during the land of Israel during the Second World War? So the Second World War, we are under the British uh, mandate. Okay. Uh, the British came 1918. Uh, they defeated the Turks, the Ottomans, after 400 years. And actually, uh, the relationship with the British began uh, very nice. You know, we have the Balfour Declaration. Mm -hmm. uh, they um, uh, encouraged to, to build a state for the Jewish people. Uh, they even pushed for that. Uh, thanks to them, we even established um, a kind of a strike brigade uh, at the end of the 30s named the Palmach. Uh, but slowly, slowly after that, they started to, to, to change their direction and they lean more to, to the Arabs. And just to understand, I can tell you um, that it is very difficult to understand, but my father, which he lost 15 brothers and sisters and the entire family, all the time he used to tell us that he hated the British more than the Nazis for what the British did. Uh, in Israel. Wow. Yeah. That's a big yeah. statement. Yes, because, yeah, because he was in uh, the, the War of Independence, and um, all the time he used to tell us there were 35 people in the, the unit, and they had only one pistol, 
because the British said if someone will hold the weapon, he's going to be executed. On the same time, they, they provided weapon and ammunition to the Arabs. Mm. Yeah, they, they refueled them with weapon and everything. So look, after you, you, you've, you've lost 15 brothers and sisters, and this is a statement you're saying, he hated the British more than the Nazis. You know what? He didn't care to buy a um, uh, uh, wash machine Bosch, but he, he never uh, wanted to go to England or to buy something made in Britain. <laughs> well, I can see why. Um, so after the war, what happened? How did it become the state of Israel like so the UN, uh, November 29th, they had what we are calling the uh, decision of the partition, how to divide Israel between the Arabs, uh, uh, the Jews, and the international uh, world. Uh, Jerusalem became international. We didn't have any access to Jerusalem. Uh, the Jews got a, a piece of land, the Arabs piece of land. Interesting to see that there is no such a thing Palestinians. Everything was with the Arabs, 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 Arabs. There, there is no name Palestinians back then, even according to the UN maps. And uh, Israel was established um, this evening, uh, November 29th. Uh, the entire Israelis, after the, this uh, vote um, in the UN, they went out dancing in the streets. They accepted that. The Arabs didn't. And this is how we went to the war of independence. I asked my father, uh, why, why you accepted this decision? Look, Israel was so tiny. And he said, you do not understand anything. This is the first time the international community uh, accepted uh, the Jewish state, the state for the Jews. Who is talking about the size? Hey, right. the, the UN said this is the, the, the Jewish land. Mm -hmm. Who care about how big is that? The Arabs didn't accept it. And for 18 months, that was the War of Independence, which during the War of Independence, 1948, uh, May 14th, uh, David Ben-Gurion declared on the establishment of Israel. On that day, it was Friday, and on that day, we've lost a very big part uh, on what we're calling the Judea Hills, southern part of uh, Jerusalem, close to Bethlehem. We have lost uh, four uh, villages, which most of the Jews uh, were killed. Some of them were expelled to Jordan. So on the same time that he stood and declared on the establishment of the state of Israel, uh, people still were killed. Mm -hmm. So it kind of starts with this awesome declaration that there is a state of Israel, but then there's conflict. Yeah. And since then, your whole life living there, you've seen some variation on that same theme. Would you say that's true? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. And uh, this is why we were so proud. You see, 1948, we are 600,000 Jews in the land, about 300,000 Arabs uh, mm -hmm. uh, in, this, uh, in this land. Uh, Holocaust, more than half of the Jewish people were perished. And yet we, we started to build a, a state. Um, like immediately the, the, the Israeli Defense Forces, immediately schools, universities, education, uh, hard work, uh, planting trees. Um, Israel began to be uh, uh, flourishing like, like the beginning of the 50s already transportation and trains and uh, 
El Al was established, and yeah. Just a concerted effort since the very beginning to really create something special there, an entire... Yes, but, but we're still creating. ...people group that is working together to... Yes, yeah. And, and still, still, we are in this process of uh, creating Euro in Israel, and you saw cranes and cranes and oh, cranes. Oh, so many <laughs> cranes. Yeah, it's still, still, it's, it's a young uh, state. It's, it's a super 70, flourishing 71. country. I mean, what's, tell us about what it's like now in terms of the economy and what's being built there and people you know, that live there. You know, among 27 Muslim countries, which they are not a democracy, Israel is the only uh, democracy. It's good and bad, because from one side, of course, democracy is good, but from the other side, it's really dividing the Israeli society between religious people and secular, between left and right, between Jews that came from Europe or the States and Jews came from, uh, from Arab countries, and so, you know, sometimes it's uh, some discrimination and uh, we cannot uh, hide it. And so, so it, it causes uh, all kinds of uh, problems when it's a democracy. And Israel is, is, is too democracy. Uh, you know, we consider America not as a democracy as, as Israel. Uh, not as democratic as, as, as the, the US. States, of course. Yeah. In many, uh, many ways. You know, for, for an example, I remember, uh, uh, I think it was in Iraq, when um, when the um, the army the the American army declared on a place that that, that reporters ju- journalists cannot go in, it cannot be in Israel. Democracy is democracy. You can go. You 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 can't stop them to to report. Right. It's it's a democracy. It is slightly different here. <laughs> no no in, in many many senses in many uh, fields you can see the differences. How many people live in Israel now? Now, uh, nine, almost 9.5, 9.6 millions, uh, almost 20% are uh, not Jews. The majority are Arabs. But we have Druze, and we have Cherkes, and we have uh, Bedouins, and uh, well, um, like all kinds of, uh, of people. Yep. So 20% Arab, and then... Israeli Arabs. Israeli Arabs. Yeah, and they're like me, like every Israeli. Like, yeah. Okay. And then the mostly, predominantly, it's Jewish. The majority of people oh, yeah. there, Jewish. Yeah, still, yeah. What's that? What's the demographic like? Is it is it a young country? Is it? Um... Well, yes and no. If you're taking Tel Aviv for an example, mm-hmm. you'll see only young people. Only young people. If you go to Jerusalem, so it's a little bit uh, it's more. A little bit older. Uh, yes, a little bit more older. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think generally around the world, the the population is becoming a little bit more uh, elders. Well, yeah, you're because, a boomer, so uh, yeah, am I. because people today can live <laughs> until the the age of uh, ninety. You know, today, eight years old is still uh, is is the fifties of of uh, a few years ago. I hope so. <laughs> yeah. Um, tell us why what people can expect if they come to Israel. Like what's What's the land like? Israel has everything. At winter time, you can make, you can have ski on Mount Hermon. Uh-huh. Driving. <laughs> People really ski on Mount Hermon. Of Hermit? course, yeah, sure. Or, or plastic like bags, actually but, uh, skiing. Yeah. <laughs> you mean plastic bags on their yeah, shoes? Yeah, we, we are not. Uh, we are not uh, that professional. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there's no, there's no but, ski but, team for the, you know, the Olympic committee ski team. Uh, well, uh, yeah, yeah, we have professionals as well, but you know. Uh, we still uh, like to uh, to ski on 
on plastic bags and, and drive two hours to the south and you can swim at the Dead Sea. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you have everything. You have winter and, uh, and, and spring or even summer. Uh, you have desert and you have green. Uh, you have the wilderness, which is less than inch rain per year. And the north is uh, with the waterfalls and, and, and flowing the springs and rivers. So you really have everything. I think people kind of picture it in their mind as being a desert. I know. Many times people come in and say, wow, it's beautiful. Where are the, the camel caravans? I said, hello. <laughs> that was uh, 100 years ago. Right. Today, today, no. Israel is a very modern mm-hmm. um, technology, um, everything. Like in each and every field, uh, you can see Israelis. And it's a very, I think it's a very interesting uh, destination because of this confluence of the three religions, particularly in Jerusalem. Tell us a little bit about how Jerusalem is divided up in the quarters. So, again, it's so, so mixed, so, so mingled that it's very even difficult to talk about the separation. And you know what? Even a solution. It's, it's, it's very difficult. Uh, as someone that was in Israel, right. and you were in Israel a few times, uh, you, you're walking at the, in the old city of Jerusalem, and the same alley, you turn to the right, Jews, you're going a little bit to the left, Arabs. You, you cannot separate it. Like, uh, like in the old city, attached to the Muslim quarter, we have the Western Wall, and the Temple Mount, and uh, uh, the Jewish Quarter, and... There is no any way to separate it. So, so the only solution is really live uh, together. To just to learn how to live together. Yes, and this is this is the only solution. There is no any solution. You know, uh, a very clever man said that the two state solution becoming uh, the two state uh, illusion. Mm-hmm. Like it's very difficult to see how it will happen. Um, we have. I mean, do people to talk a lot? Do, do people talk a lot about? Potential solutions? Is it a, or is it more like I'm just going to live my it's, life? Yeah, raise they, they're my doing kids, it, but it's more, work. it's more blah blah. It's uh, they're talking, but you know, it's like to talk about the weather. You can't change it. Right. You can, you yeah. can only talk about it. Right. <laughs> but now you do have a lot of how many generations now have lived there together? Do you... so not so much. Look, I'm I'm only second generation in Israel. Right. My okay. children are the third, and my grandchildren are the fourth. And and in in America you have nine even more generations so it's uh, it's. Uh, what do your children think? Are do they think about it differently than you do? Well, you know, my wife, for an example, she totally thinks different from what I'm thinking. Mm-hmm. She's very right. Mm-hmm. I'm a little bit more center and a little bit leaning uh, to the left a okay. little bit. Um, children, each one, yeah, you know, dividing. And so, but do they think there has to be a solution, a solution created, or do they just think over time it will get better? Each and every child served in the army. They so, so face the situation and they know exactly what happened. It's not out of the blue. It's not that uh, when you're talking to them, so they, they were there, they served there. Unfortunately, sometimes they fought also. Uh, and so they, they know the material. They know exactly what's going on. And uh, they also know that it's very difficult. You see, my family, my oldest son is very right. My youngest daughter, she's a little bit more left. And so 
Yeah, in the family. Sounds like we, American family. Yeah, yeah, we 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 meeting. <laughs> we so may be we, more we, we talking, talking, talking about that. Mm-hmm. So everybody has to serve in the army, correct? Well, men and women, or just men? Men and women. Oh yeah, we have women today. We have pilots, mm-hmm. uh, tank commanders, mm-hmm. uh, doing everything. Not not like men, even sometimes better than men. <laughs> Well, I'm not going to argue about that, but yeah. so three years, is that how long you serve? Uh, the two and a half, unless the women are in combat units, so it's a three years, and many, 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 many of them are volunteering to, to combat unit. And today we have units which they serving together, men and women. That's great. Yeah. And they have to come back every year for a certain... Until the age of 46, it's uh, reserve services. Some of them, yes, some of them, no, but... Yeah, the Israeli army based on the reserve services. Uh, so reserve that really troops. creates a strong bond between you and... Yeah. You know, my, my friends are still from the army. Mm-hmm. Sure. Yeah. So you were in the army for how many years? Eight. Eight years. Eight years. And I think you told me the story about how you decided to become a tour, professional tour guide. I like all the time to, to tour, to travel. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You're... You're big and, on that, and I, I like yeah, I like to hike. I like to travel, and I like to to tell stories, to teach sometimes. You're great at that. Hell yeah, thanks. And you tell jokes. Yeah. I mean, you know, yeah, mm-hmm. they're okay. I know. <laughs> my big uh, my big benefit is the when you are coming, you know, in certain age. So yeah, all the time it sounds the first time you're hearing that. Right. So, yeah, I've so been it's... we've been together several times so yes. i think i've heard them all but uh, yeah maybe not you'll but come up with still, some it's news. still funny yeah very funny extremely funny um and you're very knowledgeable about your country how many books we were talking about this yesterday how many books in your library oh over two thousand books yeah and you said uh, yesterday 2700 yeah, books almost yeah if you're taking yeah. all the you know the uh, uh national geographic for an example right. and all that yeah and so you're just constantly learning and trying to all the time share that information. Yes, because in Israel you have to update yourself all the time. Right. Uh, things being changed from today to tomorrow. I tour in a place a week ago. Yeah. I will come tomorrow. New things will be discovered. It's all the time. And you told me that one time that only five percent of Israel has been. Yes. Not even 5%. Like archaeologically yes. uncovered, right? Yes, yes. With all the places and the sites and the excavations and uh, uh, all these places, not even 5% from wow. what can be uh, dug, already dug. Um, so yeah. it doesn't surprise you when you read, oh, they no. uncovered this or that. No. Yeah. Just, no. I would be more surprised if something wasn't uh, <laughs> Something yes. wasn't under the ground. Exactly. Yeah. And what, how does the process of uncovering, like we read in the States, a new site is uncovered or they they found some new city or just recently the Pilgrim's Road. I mean, how does that kind of thing happen? Is there a group of people searching or it just happens by happenstance? So many, many, many of the uh, excavations are like accidentally uh, happened. You know, you, you, you're building a foundation for, uh, for a building and you're finding uh, remains of a city. Uh-huh. And so, yeah, so all the time it happens. And you've mentioned uh, this Pilgrim Road. Mm-hmm. So we know that for, for decades, but just uh, lately they started, they, they actually succeeded to open it for the public. And still, 
it's a little bit narrow and mm-hmm. a little bit slippery. Uh, so but, you knew it was there, yeah. which is oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. the amount of, of time it took to open it up. Of course, yeah, we knew, yeah. When you're going, for example, to the uh, to the Israel Museum mm-hmm. and you see the model of Jerusalem, you can see this uh, way yeah. that they went all the way from what we're calling the Pool of Salom all the way to the Temple Mount. Mm-hmm. Now it's underground because during the years uh, it was built. Right. So much has been built over. Yeah, and layers and layers that. and layers and layers. And yet there's some things that have never been touched, like the Temple Mount. There seems to be nothing that's going to happen on that specific Temple place. Mount is the, uh, I think, the most sensitive, explosive material yeah. <laughs> yeah, around the world. Just, it's, uh, it's, it's a crazy place. Best to leave it alone. Just best to leave it as is. But but not the Jews. Yeah. Neither the Muslims. They they won't leave it. Uh, for the Jews, this is the most holiest place around the world. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is the rock of foundation. This is where the first man was born. This is we believe uh, the place of the binding Abraham and uh, and Isaac. Mm-hmm. Um, Muslims they call it Haram and Sharif. Uh, they believe that uh, Muhammad ascent from there the night uh, yes and uh, and uh, interesting because because you see if you if you read the Quran the Muslim uh, Quran the holy uh, Quran you won't find not even one not even once the name Jerusalem there is no Jerusalem in the entire entire book and so um, so what is the linkage what is the connection and it became holy very, very late in uh, in history, and so um, so it's very difficult even to comprehend it. But but when you come into a Muslim and said, "Hey, show me in your book the name Jerusalem," mm-hmm. so so what happened here? Mm-hmm. So usually they try to uh, to say, "Yeah, it's written in Arabic in a different way," but, but it, there is no Jerusalem. That's in, interesting. Yeah. And in the Jewish Bible, more than six hundred times right. you have the name Jerusalem in. Uh, uh, in the Bible, and so so that's that's a big problem because um, when we taking people to the Temple Mount, we are not allowed to uh, to say Temple Mount. Uh, you know the guards will come close to us, right. and you'll never allow I've us to. That. Yeah, they never allow us to say Jewish stuff or uh, hmm. to hold Bible or uh, even to put a cross on on your. On your neck or something like that, mm-hmm. so um, it's 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 difficult and and it's a explosive material. This is very very sensitive. Very sensitive. Well, let's shift gears and talk about why why a Christian should go to Israel. Uh, really, what would you say is the the benefit to going on a pilgrim pilgrimage to Israel? I'll try to not to sound nice and to ask how you can be a Christian and not to go to Israel. Right. Okay. Because you can really, you can go to each and every church and to listen to every preacher and to listen to every story. There is nothing like to be there, to touch, to experience, to look, to, 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 to you know, to, to smell it and to breathe it and to, to, to be in the places. It's a, it's not all the time, maybe, and perhaps you are there. You're standing in the very same place that uh, uh, Jesus was. And it's totally different. And I've never heard from someone 
that was in Israel, and he didn't say that that was a, a life-changing. Because now, now when you're going to the church and you're hearing about Capernaum or about Jerusalem or about uh, Mount of Beatitude or about uh, all these places, now it comes in front of your eyes and the Bible uh, becomes colorful. It's I'm the same Bible. That you probably see that with the tourists who are who that you're guiding, the people you're guiding. They... I see that not only in Israel, I see that after that, mm-hmm. on Facebook, on emails, on uh, all these uh, type of media, uh, it's amazing how they're expressing themselves with pictures, and uh, it, it's totally different. It's, it is best to go with a tour, don't you think? And if you, unless you want to go privately <laughs> with you, which is... I will great. tell you, uh, a few years ago, I was with a bar mitzvah tour, a family, and we entered to the Jaffa Gate, and I stood next to a, a tower over there, and just before I began to talk, so the bar mitzvah, bar mitzvah child brother, five years old, looked at me and said, Mr. Shimon, not against stones. You're all the time talking about stones. <laughs> and I said, sweetie, but that's, this is the story in Israel. The stones are, are talking. The stones are telling the, uh, the story. So, so if you're going by, by yourself, yes, you, what you'll see are stones. <laughs> but there are so many stories behind the stones and under the stones. And... And this is the the issue to bring it uh, alive. And you're so great at that, just fabulous. And I think you have to go with a tour guide. I think it's really the only way to get the whole story. I must say something that in each and every category, in each and every survey, in each and every uh, researching, the Israelis tour guides are really at at, at the top, yeah. because uh, the Israeli tour guides you studying very long in order to be a tour guide. It's a couple of years. Mm -hmm. Uh, Then you have uh, all kinds of refreshment. Uh, um, uh, We have over 200 options a year. For courses. For courses. Uh, I know tour guides that are making not one, they're making 10 and even more just to to become more uh, knowledgeable. Uh, We exchanging views. Mm -hmm. Um, Very, very high level of tour guides in Israel. You know, Oh, I think you would have to because there's just, you can't, you have to know all that long, long history, what we're talking about, 4,000 years? Yes, yes, 4,000 years. (laughs) And you know the entire history of Israel for the last 4,000 years, correct? Well, I'm trying, yeah. (laughs) You're still learning. Of course, it's endless. You have to. Yes. I mean, uh, well, so give me an ideal schedule if somebody wants to come you know, just walk us through how many days north, how yes. many days in Jerusalem. What do you think is ideal? So let's talk about uh, pilgrims, uh, Christians. Mm-hmm. So we're trying to divide it and to cover the majority of the sites. So uh, usually we're doing the one day in Tel Aviv, which we're covering the Jaffa, the stories of Jaffa, of uh, Peter and uh, Cornelius from, from Caesarea to Jaffa. Mm-hmm. The next day we're driving along the seacoast, visiting uh, Caesarea Maritima, uh, going to Mount Carmel to talk about uh, Elijah and the prophets, the Baal. From there, we are going to Megiddo, which you know it as Armageddon, touring the place with all the stories and the archaeologists, which all the time they're excavating there. And from there, we're going to to Nazareth for a short tour. And from there to Sea of Galilee. Uh, sleeping in the northern part, usually around Sea of Galilee, staying there two or three nights, visiting Sea of Galilee, all the Christian sites. 
And, and people don't uh, understand all the time that we're talking about, I think, more than 60% of the Bible oh, that's right. was written around the, these areas. The, the northern, northern part, areas, uh, yeah, really, sure. were a lot of meaningful. Yeah. Well, it's certainly where Jesus starts his ministry. Exactly. And so, uh, so that's very, very important. You know, I'm always saying if there is no Sea of Galilee, there is no Christianity. Right. It's as simple as that. Well, that's an excellent point. Yeah. And um, going up to the Golan Heights, uh, visiting Tel Dan, talking about the tribe of Dan, moving from the center of Israel to the north. Then we're going to Caesarea Philippi. Beautiful area. Uh, amazing. It's just so gorgeous, yeah. all of the nature there. Yes, the book of Matthew comes alive mm -hmm. with the story of right. uh, Jesus coming to Caesarea In Philippi. In the headwaters of the Jordan River. It's, exactly. It, you just can't believe how, how beautiful it is in terms yes. of... All the vegetation and the water, it's just spectacular to see. Yeah. And from there, we're driving uh, along what we're calling the Jordan Valley, mm -hmm. visiting Skitopolis, uh, Beichan. Mm -hmm. And from Which there, was a Roman. Uh, yeah, one. Uh, it, no, Greek it, it, and it, Roman, it, right? no, it began as Greek. Okay. This is Alexander the Great. It's big, it's a very big site. Yes. This is the biggest, the biggest largest. Yeah, yeah. This is the largest archaeology archaeological place in Israel. Yeah. Wow. And still excavating. Yeah, it's massive. Yeah, and uh, from there going to Jerusalem, touring Jerusalem, and from Jerusalem we driving one day to the Dead Sea, visiting uh, the story of the Dead Sea Scrolls, Ein mm -hmm. Gedi, Masada, Qumran. Yeah, the Dead Sea Scrolls, mm -hmm. um, Qumran, floating at the Dead Sea. And yeah, going back to Jerusalem. So, so I think uh, you can cover it nine, ten days touring. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Now, sometimes we changing and we adding, uh, removing. Right. If it's the second time. Right. Well, yeah. I mean, that's really your expertise. Is you're working directly with people to set up an itinerary that is based on what they have or haven't seen or yeah what they want to see. How do people get a hold of you if they're interested in uh, a tour? Like hiring you as a private guide. So, so it goes, you know, uh, word out of mouth, like right. uh, word out of mouth. Yes. <laughs> you mean word of mouth? <laughs> no, go ahead, go ahead. It's it's fine. You don't mind if I correct. You know, I don't speak any Hebrew, of course, but I'm I'm happy to help you with your English. No, so this is my uh, was intention to say. <laughs> And so uh, uh, this is one of the ways, website, Facebook. What's your website address? Um, Shimonzemer.com. Okay. S-H-I-M-O-N-Z-E-M-E-R.com. Exactly. This or is your website. email is shimonzemer at, at gmail. Yeah, .com. Great. Um, well, I, for one, have to just sing your praises. I've gone on two tours with you, and now we're doing another one in 2020 which is going to be awesome and every time i go with you i just learn so much and also everybody that goes is just thrilled with your knowledge and and everything i must uh, tell you that i'm many many times studying by myself from the groups yeah the pastors and the people you know sometimes people coming and and uh, you know you try to be very humble but uh uh, even from you to study a lot of things, um, it's it's amazing. And uh, yeah, all the time I'm learning new things. Right. And I think it's fun to, I mean, it's just, it's an awesome experience to bring people there. I get a lot out of it, just watching people 
experience it for the first time. And every time I go, I learn something new. So this will be my fifth time. Yeah. Um, and I, people will say to me, why do you keep going back? And I'm like, well, you just, you can't believe how much there is to learn the first time you go. It's like drinking out of a fire hose. You can't, yes. You really can't believe where you are, what you're seeing. It's very hard to process it. And uh, and what we are saying all the time is really each one that comes to Israel and going back to his land, it's um, it's uh, it's like a, a new ambassador. Yeah, it's and true. To to bring really what happens in Israel, uh, and to see that it's a beautiful country and it's peaceful and. You know, we're going from the Arab quarter to the Jewish quarter, going to Bethlehem, mm-hmm. um, eating in Arab restaurants. Mm-hmm. The drivers are uh, most of them Arabs. And so, yeah, uh, it works. I've, I've never felt unsafe there. Actually, when mm-hmm. I'm there, I feel safer than yes. I do at home. I just have always felt a sense of security, even in the middle of the Hamas conflict. I felt very safe there. Um, another thing I really love about it is the food. Oh, it's just amazing yes. so fresh and everything is a lot of it is grown right there right oh, i mean it's what a, do you mean everything we we exporting we are not importing yeah. we exporting and uh, yeah people are astonished about the food you know it's not all the time just a cereal in the morning it's, <laughs> it's salads and right. eggs and right. everything and and people like it very much very healthy uh very healthy, very healthy food I would say the people there, the people who live there, are very friendly. Wherever I've gone, they everybody speaks English, so there's no yeah. communication problem. problem. Yes, they love Americans, um, and I always feel like they're engaged in talking to you and happy that you're there. And there's so many great things to see and so much great food, and I I love it as a destination. People, sh- more people should go there. And uh, remember every time and. I'm sure you heard it when I'm coming to the bus. I'm saying, "Welcome to Israel and welcome home." <laughs> and what do you say every? What do you say every day on the bus? Every morning you say, "Today." And today is the best day ever. <laughs> today but, is the best day ever. Because every day is the best day. <laughs> and I'm so glad that you had the opportunity to stop by and talk about Israel. It's great to hear it right from the horse's mouth. That's that's a compliment. That's, I, well, I hope so. <laughs> I mean, it's not a negative thing, but <laughs> thank you, Shimon. It's great to talk to thank you. Thank you, Sandy, All for hosting right. me. Yes. Uh, you know that I love so much uh, to come here, and I, I feel at home, you know, um, really. Well, and, welcome home, as, yeah, as you would say to thank me. Thank you so much. Thanks for coming, and welcome home. Thank you very yeah. much. Take care.